Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Freire, and I'm here to help you find, retain, and develop entrepreneurial leaders within your organization so that you can have a thriving business. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Freire, and today I have an outstanding guest, Dr. Garland Vance. He's the CEO and co-founder of Advanced Leadership. And today we're going to be talking about a strategic plan for developing leaders. Garland, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Ken. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love the topic that, that we're going to talk about because you and I both love the topic on leadership. And, and so many times people throw out the word like, we need leadership. We, we want to develop leaders. But there's not actually a strategic plan yeah. for yeah. it, right? Why do, why do you find that leaders don't actually develop other leaders? Yeah, I think there's really two reasons. One is a good one and one kind of hits deep in, in our hearts a little bit. So, so the good reason is it hasn't been modeled for us, right? We haven't had leaders who have modeled leadership development for us. And so when a leader wants to develop other leaders, they're kind of having to figure it out on their own. And that takes a lot of effort, especially if you're leading a company in the midst of trying to develop other leaders. That's just, that's a lot of hard work. The second reason, and this is a really bad reason, but it's, I, I find that it's true. The second reason that leaders don't develop other leaders is because of insecurity. We're afraid that if we develop a leader and that person surpasses us, it's going to make us look bad or, um, that, uh, that somehow if we give away our leadership secrets, that we're somehow diminishing the value that we have while increasing somebody else's value. It's kind of this, this uh, zero-sum game mentality to leadership. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we're, we're insecure, and because of that, we're not willing to develop other people around us. Man, let's, let's, I would love to stick on that insecurity one a little bit deeper. Um, how how does a leader start to overcome that insecurity, right? Because that's huge if they're not going to do it because of that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting. I, I posted today on LinkedIn. I, I said, um, "Great leadership starts with good character," right? And yeah. the foundation of good character is humility. You have to be willing to yeah. say, "It's not about me. It's not about what I look like. It's not about um, you know me getting the accolades." Humility is ultimately saying that. It's about others. It's about the mission that we're working on together. So I, I think humility is is a huge part of it. And then the second is uh, the second way to to really change that insecurity is to shift what we consider leadership success. So leadership mm. success, if we view it as as I'm a successful leader, if I develop more leaders and better leaders. Uh, my parents would always say to me growing up, and this had a profound impact on me. They said, Garland, we want you to have a bigger impact than we've ever had. And, and so there wasn't any insecurity there. And I think that's the, the, the true mark of a humble and a good charactered leader is we say, hey, I want the people who I lead to do better than me, to surpass me, because that's my leadership legacy. Yeah. So, so how do you deal with a leader who's wrestling with that? Where deep down inside is like, hey, I want to leave a legacy with people better, but I also like to be great, right? And and 
when they wrestle with that humility, how, how do they overcome that? Yeah, I would say I, I would say those things don't have to be an either or. Um, it really is one. Your leadership is going to be great as you develop uh, other leaders. And it's okay for you to say, hey, I, I want to be a really great leader if that means it's about others and it's about the mission. It's the people who have this mentality of, I want to be a great leader. You know, I want to be well-known. I want to be famous. I want to be, I want to be the leader who everybody talks about. One of my first bosses was a leader like that. And, and what we found in him is anytime somebody had a problem, he was very quick to come to the rescue for them but he didn't enable other leaders. And so mm. nobody looked at him as a leader. They looked at him as a helper. And so the, wow. really yeah. the best thing you can do for your leadership is to develop other leaders. It, it cements you as a, an incredible leader. Yeah, you know, Garland, as you were talking, I, I was reminded of a time when I was in, in a young leadership role in, at college, right? Uh, they people would come to me to solve their problems. Right. And, and I loved it. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in and I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, but then I realized like, man, I, I wasn't delegating. I wasn't, I wasn't empowering other people. So then I got overwhelmed. Yeah. I got stressed because then I'm just now becoming the, the, the solution to everybody's problem. And I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. Uh, but it's because I wasn't developing leaders. And that's when I actually found a mentor. I'm like, I need help. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. Uh, and that's where you kind of come in, where where you're. The second thing you mentioned is people don't typically have a model for leadership, right? right. Like they they don't have one. They don't know what's a good model. So so walk us through from all the things that you have done. What's a good model for for leadership? Yeah. So uh, so it, you know it, it depends on whether you're talking one on one or organizational. And I, I know we want to talk a little bit about organizational or a lot about organizational because yeah. that's that, that's where I think you you just have this multiplier effect uh, within. Yeah. within leadership development. You know, at the core of it, I think that though, on a, if, if you're just talking one-on-one, -on -one, right, one-on-one -on -one leadership development, I think it, it really starts with saying, um, what do I already see in this person that I need to draw out, that I want to draw out further, right? And what we want to do in that case is you want to connect the, the gifts and abilities they have with the results that you uh, your organization is is trying to get, and then you're you're drawing that out, and then I think a lot of it is also just talking about the successes and the failures that you've had as a leader. So most leaders miss this, but early on in career, it, it, there's something called leadership uh, development theory or leadership emergence theory, and one of the things that it finds is that. It, early on in your career, you were typically exposed to negative leadership examples, and you base mm. how you want to lead in large part on being the opposite of those people. And so even just, you know, developing another leader by asking them questions like, hey, who have you been exposed to who is a negative influence, uh, leadership influence in your life? How would you do things differently? What would you like to do? What's your legacy? And asking them questions so that leadership becomes something that they're very intentional with. Yeah, man, I love that. I remember when I was a little kid, there would be certain people, you know, I, I used to go to church and stuff like that, but it was a very top down type of leadership. And I was just like, oh, I don't want that. You know, and as you were talking, I'm like, oh, that's probably why I lean more towards a collaborative leadership type style, because I was like that top down scared me as a little kid. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I didn't know any better. Right. Uh, but 
now collaboratively, I'm like, oh, this is important. This is this is what I need, right? Yeah. Um, well, and, to, and I'll to tell you what the worst part computer. of that is, okay? When you realize that yeah. that's how people, at some point, you and I are going to be that negative leader for somebody else. We're going to be yeah. the person oh, who they look don't at. Say I know, it. it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's, but it's really the <laughs> truth of, you know, and again, coming back to humility and, and going, okay, there are going to be people who my leadership style totally grates against them. And, and I become the example of what they don't want to become. Yeah. You know, especially if you think about that, sometimes collaborative leaders, right, can lead to not all of them, but can lead to passivity mm -hmm. or passive aggressiveness. Right. And, and those strong type A type people, right. They're like, dude, come on, make a decision, move forward. <laughs> right. Like, why are we singing Kumbaya right now, man? Like we got a hill to charge. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's always that pendulum shift uh, as you're walking through that. Uh, so, so how do you help these leaders, the, these emerging leaders, and as you're developing them, recognize this pendulum that they're always going back and forth in? Hmm. You know, that's a uh, that's a fun question. The um, uh, one I think. So I have a, a a philosophy that I learned from one of my professors. He said, "If you can name it, you can own it. If you can, if you own it, you can take care of it. Right? If you can name it, you can own it. If you can own it, you can take care of it." So I think anytime when you're talking about a a pendulum swing, the first thing that you want to do is is be able to name it, right? Because if we're talking mm -hmm. that there's this pendulum and we can name that, then all of a sudden we can have ownership over it. When we can have ownership over it, then we can say, okay, now what do I want to do with this? How do I need to navigate this? And leadership is a lot of pendulums. It's a pendulum of sometimes you have to be very task focused, mission focused. Sometimes you have to be very relational focused. Sometimes you have to be the person who is the heavy risk taker and saying, here's where we're going. Here's, here's what we're doing. It's never been done before. Other times you have to create a sense of, of balance and, and stability. And so being able to see the situations that you're in understand what those pendulums look like and then again name it own it own it you can take care of it that's when you can make a a decision about what you want to do with it and what happens in unfortunately from for a lot of leaders what happens is um we get uh overwhelmed by all of the things all the decisions we have to make all the strategy that we have to do all all the things that are coming our way and so we become a little lethargic in um in in the ways that we lead rather than saying okay here's a situation here's the decision that i'm gonna make it could be totally wrong but we <laughs> yeah. need a decision and and we need to get moving on this so that that's where that those pendulums come in Man, I, I love that. And and going back to to the the original question, right, where you had mentioned, here's the one-on-one -on -one leadership. This is where that kicks in. But then you also have the organizational, yeah. right, where as, as an organization, sometimes you, you've you been shifting so much to one side and you're like, oh, now we got to come back. And I love how you, you talked about it, right? Leadership is all about managing that pendulum, yeah. right? It's managing those shifts because sometimes you do need more stability. Sometimes you need to go a little gun and run type <laughs> style, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and fix it. So so as we look at organizations, right? You talked about a model for for one on ones. How, how does that model look like within an organization? Yeah. So so what we found. Uh, so our company. This is a lot of what we do. Is we we help other companies develop more leaders and better leaders. Um. And 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 real quick, let me say one thing about that. Real quick, Ken is 
is why do we care about leadership development in the first place, right? Because leadership yep. development is ultimately a means to an end, okay? And so I think yep. there are a few reasons that are really important to, to keep in mind. One is retention. Why develop leaders? Retention, right? 51% yep. of people, according to Gallup a few years ago, 51% of people quit their boss, not their job, right? So if you take care yep. of a leadership problem, you've taken care of 51% of your retention problem. Um, Second reason to do it is for the future. So over 70% of companies say that they don't have the leaders they need to accomplish their goals for the future. And, and so- Man, that's crazy. Right, and so you're sitting there and you're going, okay, if you believe that, then the highest strategic priority is to develop more leaders and better leaders. And then the third reason I think it's so powerful in companies is for the sake of differentiation. Uh, only 5% of companies actually have a plan to develop leaders. Um, and so 95% of companies out there are just winging it when it comes to leadership development. So for, for the sake of recruiting people, but also for the sake of, of just creating a culture within your organization, leadership development is a huge differentiator. So, so that's why. Yeah, that well, before we jump back into the, the conversation then about models, right, for the organization, you, you gave a staggering statistic just now that only 5% of companies have a strategy, but they bang the drum that we need more leaders and they see the fear, right? Yeah. Well, like they, they see the future, like we don't have a bench. What's going on there? Like, why is it only five percent who actually do something about it? Yeah, so I, I think there's a few reasons. One is leadership development takes time, and we're all busy, right? And so if we're all busy, mm -hmm. then and and it's not real pressing, then then we're going to ignore it. Um, second is going back to that the first reason that leaders don't develop leaders is it hasn't been modeled. Uh, there's not always a knowledge of how to do it, and because there's not knowledge of that then then it becomes really hard to say, okay, you know, we're going to invest money and time and energy and all these things into something that we actually don't know how uh, to do. Um, and But I do think, again, there's another bad reason, and that's fear. Um, and I hear this from, from leaders all the time when I'm talking to them. Well, what happens if we develop leaders and then they become so good that they go on and they leave our company and they go work for other companies? And, and I always have two responses uh, during that. The first response is to say, well, you know, the, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to go to those other companies, but they're going to be advocates for your company. They're going to talk about how much yeah. they grew, how much they learned. And, and so your brand is going to grow because they're going to become missionaries, so to speak, for, for your company. Yeah. The second thing is, of course, the, the age-old question of, you know, uh, they're asking this question, what happens if I, if we develop these leaders and they go off? The, the response to that is, what happens if you don't develop the leaders and they stay here? And, and yeah. you know, low retention, lack of engagement with them, you know, slowing down, uh, just so many negative effects that happen as you don't develop those leaders. Man, that, you know, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with my boss and we were talking about like, what would be the effects if you didn't have a mentor, mm. right? Or, or what, why should someone get a mentor? And he asked that same question, like, what would happen if you didn't have a mentor? Yeah. 
you'd be stuck. <laughs> you'd go, you, you wouldn't move anywhere, yeah. right? And it's that same concept that you were just talking about, like, hey, you're going to have the low retention. You're going to have low satisfa- uh, employee satisfaction, right? Like you won't be able to get the mission moving forward. So, so that being said, there's a lot of reasons why we should develop uh, a model yeah. right, and a strategic plan for this. Uh, and for those listening are probably like, okay, Dr. Garland. <laughs> show me the way, (laughs) show me the way. Like I want to do it. They don't know how to do it. Right. But like, what can they start doing or what's a good strategic plan to develop leaders within an organization? Yeah. So we found that companies that develop leaders really well, they do, they do four things. Okay. So the first thing that they do is they define leadership for their company. Now, why in the world do you Mm. need to do this? Because leadership is such an overused word that we're not exactly sure what it means. And, and so when you say, we want to develop leaders at our company, there's a thousand different images that people have in their, in their mind uh, for, a, uh, for a leader. And so we want to define what leader is, uh, or that company needs to define what, what leadership is. Second thing that companies do is they describe a handful of leadership characteristics that are true for their organization. Uh, and, and so it can be anywhere, you know, three uh, characteristics, five characteristics, 10 characteristics, but it's, it's a small number of characteristics where you say, this has got to be true of every leader in our organization. So uh, I can tell you like Chick-fil-A, because I had the privilege of working with them. They'll say there's, there's five characteristics of every leader. They see the future. They engage and develop others. They reinvent continuously. They value relationships and results, and they embody the values. It doesn't matter what position you're at, or even if you don't have a position, that's what you're going to do. Um, and what we do a lot of times with companies that we work with is we'll, we'll say to them, hey, borrow our leadership definition, borrow our uh, characteristics until you come up with your own. And so we, we talk about seven characteristics that solve 95% of leadership challenges. Okay. So define it, describe the characteristics of it. The, the third thing that companies do is they create pathways to develop those characteristics. So a lot of times what companies will do is they'll bring in a big name speaker and they'll have them talk about, you know, how to have important conversations or how to delegate effectively or something along those lines. Those are great, but, but instead where you want to put your resources is on creating pathways where if you say, man, um, uh, increasing capacity is one of our leadership characteristics. Now, how do we design pathways so that people can continuously improve on increasing capacity? So those pathways are important. And then Ken, the fourth one, fourth thing that great companies do in developing leaders is they create communities where leaders can talk with each other. And and it's typically leaders at different levels of the organization but they create opportunities for leaders to be able to talk with each other about the challenges of leadership, the successes of leadership. Uh, So one of our clients um, brings in all of their leaders uh, together once a month, and they pick one person uh, each month from different levels in the organization, and they'll share one story about the most challenging leadership experience they've ever encountered. And they'll tell the story to everybody in, in the, uh, all the leaders in the company. 
And then those leaders will break up into groups and talk through how they would have handled the situation. They'll present some of those ideas, you know, this is what I would have done, or this is what I think are some of the important factors. And then at the end, the leader who's telling the story shares what she or he actually did, the mistakes that they made and the repercussions, positive or negative, that came from that. But it creates this community of people who are saying, wow, leadership isn't easy, but we can learn from each other. We can grow from each other. Our ideas can challenge and sharpen each other. And it doesn't matter which level of the organization you're at, because we're all trying to be better leaders together. Oh, one of the things that I was going to say was that, like, I love that fact that you just like took a group there and just said, hey, we're going to challenge each other. One of the things that I love about that is that deep down inside the foundational piece is that it's fostering trust mm -hmm. with the whole leadership team yes. there. Right. And, and they're like, you know what, if the CEO or the COO or the CFO comes here, tells us their, all their mistakes, like it gives them now the freedom to say, Hey, this is how I messed up. I need, I need help. I need growth. Is that kind of what you see yep. in, in that uh, piece? Yep. Absolutely. Because everybody's sitting there saying we're all struggling. Uh, you know, we all have struggles. We all make mistakes. Uh, and we all have victories. And so let's own it. Let's yeah. talk about it. Because a lot of times in, in trust, we're even in trust, sometimes we're willing to share our failures, but not as willing to share our successes. It feels like we're bragging a little bit. And so sometimes yeah. for leaders to come in and say, hey, here's the choice I made. And here's the massive good repercussions that happened as a result of it. Um, yeah, it builds so much trust. That's awesome. Well, uh, Garland, you had mentioned, right, th there's four things, right, define what leadership is. And then number two was describe a handful of leadership characteristics that are true for the organization. Uh, you had mentioned that there are seven characteristics that you give people, right, if they don't have any to start off with. What are these seven that you, you tell people yeah, about? Yeah, so, uh, so we say that there are seven, character seven traits that solve 95% of leadership challenges. They all start with C. So it's character, competence, capacity, clarity, community, culture, and consistency. So let me just real quickly tell you. So character, do I do the right thing? Uh, competence, do I have the skills that I need to uh, be the leader and to develop more leaders around me? Capacity, do I have the time, energy, and attention to lead with excellence? Uh, clarity, does everybody on the team know where we're going, how we're getting there, why it's important, what their role is? Community, have I fostered an environment of trust uh, where people feel safe working together? Uh, um, culture, do the behaviors that we expect and reinforce line up with the values that we say we care about? And then finally, consistency, do I show up the same? Even when I'm casting a, a vision of a new future that we're going to, am I the same person? Do I have the same expectations for everyone on my team? We think those are the seven that solve 95% of leadership challenges. Man, I feel like you just gave us a master class <laughs> on developing leader characteristics. It was awesome. I was like, oh, I was going to take notes and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get lost so fast. You should listen to a podcast. Just... I'll, I'll say it on the podcast sometime. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I was like, oh man, I got to find it somewhere. Uh, but man, th- those seven things uh, you and I love how you said it will solve ninety five percent of the leadership problems out there. Uh, with that being said, man, you know people are listening to this and they hear all this and they're getting excited. How do they implement it? Where do they start? Yeah, I think the first place that you start is is you make a decision that you're going to develop other leaders. Uh, you know, put the stake yeah. in the ground. This is what we're going to do. We're making a commitment to do it. Now let's figure out how we're going to get it done. So, so I always say that is the first step to doing it. Um, second step is obviously to contact uh, me at Advanced Leadership and uh, and set it up. But if that's not on your uh, on your plate, then I, I get that. That's totally fine. Second thing to do is to begin saying, okay. What are the, what, how do we define leadership when we talk about leadership? And, and one of the easiest things that leaders can do there is just sit down with uh, people around the table and say, who do you consider to be the best leaders in our company? Find Mm. five to 10 of those people and then begin asking yourself and them, what do they do differently? What makes them great leaders? in our organization. And what you're gonna find is a handful of characteristics that describe great leaders in your company. And all right, you do that, you're you're a quarter of the way there. That's awesome, that's fantastic, man. So, so once they start implementing this, what are maybe some potential obstacles they may face in, in trying to develop leaders? Yeah, so I think early on, um, there's going to be a, uh, you're going to have to decide here are some people who we want to develop for leadership. And, and that means we're saying no to everybody else right now, right? We can't mm. develop everybody simultaneously. So we can only develop this 10%. So you're, you're, you're going to potentially deal with ostracizing a couple of people. And I think it's all you can say in, in those times is we want to develop every person. We can only develop a few people at a time until we get really good. Uh, at this. And yeah. so knowing that a person really wants to be developed, I think should give you an indication that, that maybe they're, you know, they can come in for the next round, uh, of, of yeah, any kind of training. So I think that's one obstacle that you'll, you'll see. The second obstacle is, um, you will have some people who get frustrated because they think that their job is to do the work rather than to lead the work. And, uh, and so for those, you really have to help, um, them think in terms of as a leader, you have to change the type of work that you value. You have to change the skills that you use and you have to change the way that you spend your time. And that shift of those three things can be really difficult for people. And so again, if you can name it, you can own it. If you can own it, you can take care of it. And so one of the first conversations I typically have with leaders is that whole idea of the values that you have, the the value of the type of work that you do, the way that you spend your time and the skills that you develop are going to have to change if you're going to become the leader that we need you to be. That's fantastic, Garland. With all that being said, as we wrap up, any last words that you have with people on developing leaders? Yeah, I, I would say um, if I, so, so this isn't really a tactical thing, but it's just saying your leadership matters. Like at the end of the day, every person in your organization goes home and they have a conversation and they probably talk about their boss that day. And that boss can ruin people's day or that boss can make somebody's day really, really great. That, uh, 
So, so people are already talking about the leaders in your organization. The question is, what are the conversations that they're having and how do you help change those leaders and grow those leaders so that the conversations around the dinner table are about how wonderful your leaders are? Man, and that, and that at the end of the day, right? If the family feels like they have uh, the support of the leader, right? Oh gosh. Uh, they're going to be like, oh my gosh keep working there, yep. right? They're going to like, they're going to be motivated. And then the employee is going to be motivated too. Like, oh, my family likes it, <laughs> likes my boss, right? Yeah, That's great. Like, I'm gonna go to work, yeah. right? Like, I'm gonna go do my job. And there's this beautiful ecosystem mm. that that is now set up for that. I love it, Garland. For, for those who are interested, it's sincerely of reaching out to you. They're like, dude, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows what we need. Um, what's the best way to reach out to you or to, to just hear your content? Yeah, absolutely. So content. the easiest way to hear content is going to be on on LinkedIn. So just I, I'm at Dr. Garland Vance. And so feel free, uh, please reach out to me. Um, um, and let me just give you my phone number. I think that's sometimes the easiest way to to get in contact with me. It'll listen. It'll probably go to voicemail. But then if you leave a <laughs> message, I will respond to you. But uh, it's it's a uh, area code eight, six, five. 805-5612. Give me a call. Let's see if we can help your organization develop more leaders and better leaders. Awesome. Well, Garland, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I've truly enjoyed having you on it. I was telling you this earlier. Uh, you know, I follow a lot of people on LinkedIn, especially on leadership, and and you have quickly become one of the top tier people that I listen to and, and value your opinion. You know, I have been going back and forth on quite a bit of things, and I've just enjoyed it. I'm like, hey, I want to be like garland when i grow no, up right that's kind I of the way you're I've been better than me <laughs> i hope you were way better than me when you grow up <laughs> no thanks so much ken well i appreciate it appreciate that well with that for all of you who are listening make sure to reach out to garland his name is spelled g-a-r-l-a-n-d as in david vance v-a-n-c-e and with that make sure you reach out to him follow him on on linkedin and uh, make sure you stay tuned to the next episode of the entrepreneur podcast Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like this podcast, leave a five-star review and share this episode with someone who will benefit from it. Until next time.